It's a disaster. Well, just okay. Should never have put me with up with that woman. Whose idea was that? Let's see. I think. They will go in. What did she say? Oh, everything. She's just a sort of bigoted woman. That was Gordon Brown in 2010 being caught on a hot mic calling a labor supporter who had challenged him over the economy and immigration a bigoted woman. My welcome to Second in Command of Eep Rewatch Podcast. I'm Tim Simons. I'm Matt Walsh. And we are going to look at the show from the view of the lowest rung on a very high ladder. Yep, it's true. This one's about episode two, Frozen Yogurt. Matt, yeah, season Matt, one, episode two. Season one, episode two. Matt and I, you and I both spell yogurt the old-fashioned way. With an H. With an H. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we have Tony Hale on today, which is going to be um, a real pleasure. He plays Gary Walsh. Very excited to have Tony on and bring him down memory lane with us. Uh, Tony is uh, just a generally wonderful and kind and thoughtful person uh, and uh, is incredibly introspective and what uh, I hope I too love him. is because we did spend so much off-camera time together is that like these memories of things that he was involved in that I'm involved in so selfishly it's like oh yeah we did do that like, right it is like revisiting whatever a family picnic or something or like it's like that. a weird thing I don't know if this ever happens to you where somebody shows you a picture of yourself that you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. Like you almost define your memory or sometimes your memories are defined by the pictures that you have. And so you base your memories off of those. And then somebody shows you a picture from that same time period and you're like, oh my God, I completely forgot about it. You know what I mean? Like I had defined all of my memories around these pictures and then somebody comes in with an alternate view. And what's well, enriching and it also, yeah, it's, it's, I think it also goes back to the writing of our own story. Like we like, yeah. we like all the details or something like He's that. He's going to come in and completely blow up our narrative about ourselves. I welcome it. I want that. I want to be known. I want to know if we're like reliable narrators or if our, my memories hold true or if I find some undiscovered fun thing I was a part of that I had not thought of. Let's just do it. Let's bring him in. All right. Tony Hale. Hi, Tony. Hi. Thank you so much for coming, Tony. Well, you're giving me free boba. Yeah, boba's here in uh, by 11, 20, 25. Arvin, keep an eye out for boba. Uh, Tony Hale played Gary Walsh on the television show Veep. I did. Um, <laughs> which is my last name. It is your last Isn't name. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Do you know I didn't actually make that connection? I'm not kidding until like five years into doing the show. <laughs> yeah, because it is a nor it's a common name, sort of. But I didn't, the, yeah, I should There was a fair amount of... Uh, uh, a crossover in that we had Gary Cole on mm -hmm. and then uh, Matt Walsh shared the same last name as Gary Walsh. So there was a lot of crossover and having to be careful once Gary Cole came in about saying Walsh or Gary or like Gary's going to be here. There ended up having to be, it was very confusing. Yeah, that's true. I The Gary thing was big. Anytime someone would say Gary, both of us would turn, Gary and I. Yeah. And I couldn't find a Langham pen. I wanted to find something to elicit well, for the, those the you, London feel. Yeah. Oh, Do you want to explain why? Because we got to stay two weeks of rehearsal. I'll produce your podcast. Do you want to explain why? Yeah, I love it. 
This is, uh, I feel like everybody that is both listening and watching this is going to get well, a very- This is why cool. we bring you in for the early shows, because you are very professional and you're very talented. <laughs> you know, you're and, welcome. And, and one thing and that you they're going to learn you're about- You're helping us get it off the ground, and we appreciate that, Tony. We're, well, they're going to learn about Tony, is that he gets so nervous in an undefined not. space. No, 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 not not here, not today. But oh, it, yeah, you yeah, get yeah. nervous in an undefined space, and you try to start giving it barriers. Even yeah. if, like, if you walked into an unbuilt home and you weren't the contractor, yeah, you would I'd go up to the I'd guys and be like, so are you going to be putting a wall here? <laughs> <laughs> I like to know my parameters. I like to know what the playground is. Yes. There are no expectations here, by the way. That is the one that, thing. I don't like sort that. Sort of. <laughs> I like There's, to be measured. I would stand by that. That's the zero expectation of the show, I think. There is one thing, there's something that I actually, so this goes back to a, a story that I tell about your your kindness, your personal kindness. And I am being very serious about this. Oh, okay. Is that there was a moment in the test where I think you saw- When I you was, say test, do you want to tell what that was? Oh, oh, we, uh, yeah, it was like where everybody- um, Thank you again for teaching us, Tony. Um, where, uh, you know, where it's like the final audition where mm. you're at HBO headquarters and you are- uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, there are like a few other people there that are auditioning for your role. And I had gone in and I had thought that I completely boned my first scene. Mm. I really did. I was like, um, I was like, I, I really, I messed that up. I was nervous. I was tight. I didn't do anything right. I didn't listen. I started off improvisation scenes with questions. I felt like I was doing everything wrong. And I was really spinning out. And Tony was sitting very close to me. And I think you recognized that I was spinning out. And he reached over and like kind of just kind of touched my arm like this and went, hey, man, I see what you're doing. And let's think about something else. Let's think about anything else. And I was like, and I just said, I just saw whatever Harry Potter movie had just come out. And I was like, I just saw that Harry Potter movie. And he was like, cool. What'd you think? And we ended up talking about Harry Potter for a little while. Mm. And after that, I mean, like it did, I actually did get out of the crazy thought loop. And it really was like an immense moment of kindness in a very stressful situation. Someone who very well could have only focused on themselves decided mm. to take it out. There is also the, now knowing Tony. That's very nice. That There is, there like, now, knowing Tony, I know that There's there, are, there are both that. sides of this. Of, there is Tony being a very kind person and wanting to make sure that somebody goes after the thing that like is not getting in their own way. And then there is also the part of Tony, which is like, I cannot survive unless this man stops being nervous. <laughs> no, but there's also, the, there's also another side of it. The, my own anxiety, well, that... Mm -hmm. But also a, a big thing about that I'm is when have you have this, right? Yeah. The big thing about that is when you get your eyes off yourself, a, a, a way to calm down your own nerves is find some, someone or something else to put your energy and focus. Is on. that a lesson you'd learn later in life through like therapy or mm -hmm. through self-reflection? Yeah. yeah. Cognitive behavior. Well, that, I don't know if that would be cognitive behavioral therapy, but it would be because you get into your own narrative, and when you can get into someone else's narrative, that's when you can begin to kind of relax. I We're going to get to I, – I actually do have, like, specific show stuff, but I, I want to ask you this question. This is this will be a, a sort of uh, – this will be a 
big question, like looking back on everything. Right. Do you think that after, like with how nervous, mm-hmm. like we've talked about this a lot, you were very nervous throughout the entire <laughs> beginning process. Yeah. Through after we ended up talking about, we talk a lot about your first day on set, no matter what it is. <clears throat> yeah. A brand new set, your first day, it always feels terrible. You always feel like you did an awful job. And yeah. it became a thing where we would check in like, hey, yeah. I just had a first day on set. After Arrested, after Veep, after all the stuff that you've done, is that still there? Has it subsided at all? Maybe this is might even be like a for young actors out there. Does it ever get better? Has that subsided for you at all? Uh, I don't. If I'm honest, I don't think it's subsided. I think I have more tools of how to deal with it. Okay. Where it used to, when it used to happen, I used to be like, oh, I would believe the narrative. I would, I would give myself over to the anxiety. Now I'm very aware of what's happening. And I'm like, okay, I'm living in a narrative that's not true. I don't know what these people think. I'm predicting what they're thinking. By the way, this director, I'm the last thing on his mind or her mind. You know, it's like they're not thinking about me this much. So it's like I have more tools, I think. Okay. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. Yeah. Two, this is going to be then a very deep. That's a classic behavior modification. Is it? Mm-hmm. But you have to be curious about those changes. That's what you get credit for. Some people don't try to explore better ways of behaving. Like, I think that's, mm. I admire you have a good sense of like, well, I work on that. And like, you seem like someone who, uh, I don't know, in a good way, like but has, has reflection about themselves. Yeah. Well, thanks for saying that. I think one thing. It's actually in the script. I know that sounds terrible. Okay. I know that sounds terrible. Oh, you learned that line last night? <laughs> I, just like Veep. Oh, okay. Here's your pages. Oh, okay. That was an alt. Um, because Tim and I re- re- really resonate with anxiety. I would say throughout the series, yeah. we talked yeah. a lot about it. Matt, we've we've also talked about it. That's just not a real. I mean, you. I think you probably get anxious in other ways, but that's I not. I do a real grind sh- my teeth at night, so it comes out in a in a, in a some other way. But, but yes. you're pretty um, non affected, I would say, by things. You're a little bit more steady. I'm lesser affected. I'm less. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Less likely to be stressed out. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I have a question. Can yes. I ask a question? So we shot for some. We shot the pilot in the spring of 2011. Yes, correct. And then we came back in the fall <clears throat> to shoot the first episode. We did this this rehearsal experience mm-hmm. in London before. Yes, right. So I remember us having discussion. Well, you didn't because you were completely chilled out. But I remember having discussion with you each time after rehearsal, going up to my room, thinking, "I'm going to be fired." No, I'm yes, gonna, I'm going to be fired. But I had ca- I called home to more. I think I told you guys. Yeah. You know, I had nights where I'm like, I'm not funny. Because I, I felt tremendous pressure to be funny to these writers and to like, I don't know. And it, it was it was very pressure felt for me. And so I felt in many ways I wasn't delivering. So I would talk to Morgan. I'm like, I, it's not like I'm going to get fired. But in a way, like, I'm not sure I'm doing really well right now or whatever. Yeah. To set the scene a little bit, you're in... Uh, this was the, we had met Armin, uh, Armando and Simon. I can, I combine their names there. Armin. Uh, (laughs) uh, we met Armando and Simon. Huh? And Simondo. And Simondo. Uh, we had met them at the pilot, but Mm -hmm. this was the first time we were meeting basically the rest of the writing staff, which most of them have have come from the thick of it. Uh, we are, we are now like we knew Armando and Simon, but we weren't the level of comfortable with them yet. It was Mm -hmm. still a brand new experience. And so we would do what we always did, which was read the script and then work on the scenes, putting to the side, we'd play reporters, whatever it might be. And 
you just had people like taking <clears throat> notes, but there wasn't like a lot of like laughing at jokes mm, and it wasn't no. even really about laughing. It was kind of just like rehearsing in front of people you didn't really know, trying to be funny, not getting a lot of response and just feeling like everything I'm doing is but wrong. But keep in mind, this was also during an era where it was very big to bring a lot of improv into film and TV. So people were doing a lot of, you know, hey, we're going to hire you and come on set and just see what you come up with. So yeah. I remember getting on set and thinking, is this a time we're supposed to come up with this material and am I being funny enough? Am I giving them the punch-ups that they need? Yeah. But in actuality, that wasn't his goal. He just wanted to see if it gelled and it was working. But in yeah. my head, I was so used to like, I think they, because mm -hmm. five years before that, I had done a movie where they did do that in the movie. They're like, all right, just have fun. And But we were like coming up with the script and it was yeah. very, a lot of anxiety. But I guess what my point before is, I remember going to, at night thinking I'm going to be fired, but we had already shot the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a weird thing of like, in my head, in my neurotic head, did I think that they would see this and then replace me from, which happens a lot. And yeah. I thought yeah. I might be replaced, you know? It's, it is It isn't crazy to consider that thought, I don't yeah. think, because it mm -hmm. could happen. It seems yes. like they would have not flown you or any of us to London. Right. But this yes. also, like, this is like another thing. American directors, we are, and Americans, I think, in general, American actors mm -hmm. are used to getting a lot of praise. American directors are used to giving it because they know American actors <clears throat> want a lot of it. And it's just not the way in England. It's not that they're no. not complimentary. And it's actually healthier. It's way healthier. Because I think over here, I, I'm I'm victim to this. It's like, you, I can gauge if, if the director goes, oh my gosh, that's amazing. It's like, okay, I know it was good. But any other reaction, I'm like, it sucked. So Arm, you never, he was very steady. And so you almost, I almost, over those, those years, I learned to trust myself more because I wasn't looking to him for a reaction. Yeah. So it was actually a really great lesson for me. Hey, Walshie, we have a sponsor. Hey, that's awesome. Who's our sponsor? Second in Command is sponsored by BetterHelp. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I've used BetterHelp and they're good. You know why? Because you'll get timely, thoughtful responses and you'll get matched with a therapist that fits your needs. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. Yeah, and it's affordable, Tim. It's for real affordable, more so than like, say, offline therapy. Right, which I actually think is great because that can be a barrier for people. There is financial aid available. So visit betterhelp.com forward slash beep. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. It's not about taking charge. It's working on. It's working, it's working on. on your mental It's health. always like, it's a Taking charge is just an illusion because you're looking for this plateau. It never comes. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in every of the 50 states. And there are special Not offers. the provinces. Not the provinces. Puerto Rico and places like that. I don't know if they are. Special offer for second in command listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash beep. Episode two is called Frozen Yogurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it centers around Elsa, uh, huh? Elsa and her uh, sister. Elsa and her sister Anna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Selena uh, finds herself in a position where she uh, uh, has some juice. Like things are going well. She wants There's, her legacy to be clean jobs, right? Yeah, She's, yeah, yeah That's yeah. her big push, and it looks like it's going to happen. She finds herself with two hours to fill and is like, let's, let's capitalize on this newfound time. Yeah. And it's like, let's, let's really, let, let's get it going. Like, like clean jobs is going to happen. Let's get it going. And meanwhile, the flu is running through DC mm -hmm. 
and uh, what's the fucking shit Gibbons name? <laughs> Eric. Eric. So the Dan the, Franco's the, character. Dan Franco oh, takes yeah. the bullet. Gary takes yeah. the bullet. And Dan Franco's always been very supportive of us on Twitter. Yeah. Yes, he's awesome. And yeah. Dan Franco killed it. Like his first scene is perfect. Also, the guy the the in the office who carried the box out the door. Oh. <laughs> Mixon, Mumford, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Mumford was great. Mumford yeah. was, but great. in this first scene with Dan Franco, he's the first person you see. He's uh, Phil Reeves. The actor's name is Phil Reeves. Yeah. who played Senator Doyle. Yeah, he's a real yeah. hard ass. Uh, they are talking uh, about uh, because Amy wants to get. Doyle on board to sponsor the the uh, Senate filibuster reform bill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, uh, they're talking. This is like one of the things I love. He has these like, ah, oh, my head is all whatever, and my ass is like the Thunderdome. The my ass is like the Thunderdome. Doesn't he say like fisting someone? That's later on. That's later on. Sorry. Senator Doyle says uh, that uh, uh, convincing the Senate to pass a bill on filibuster reform, that's like convincing a guy to fist himself. <laughs> so I love- Julia's reaction to that is amazing. I, I have a question. Here's, this makes me think of this. Mm -hmm. Do you Did you feel like, maybe I'm just admitting this, did you feel like half the time you knew what was going on with a story and then half the time you just kind of went with it? Because all these names and all these policies that were happening, and I felt like Julia just had an. Obviously, the writers knew what was going on, but Julia had a matrix. Obviously, she, <laughs> but it's like Julia had a matrix where she could really, she really understood. I just never exactly knew what was happening and w how that policy went with this policy and where we needed to go. It was, I mean, obviously my character only had to care about what she was wearing and all that kind of stuff, but still there were so many names and so many senators. And I was like, every time I was like, I think I'm just going to go with this because I really don't get this. I, you're not, I think I was not that way seasons like one through two but after that, I was because I read I read every single script that came in. I, I read it re like religiously. I like I mm -hmm. poured over them for the first year and a half. That's the difference. And, and well, I, I mean, I that was the thing is that ultimately <laughs> what I understood was just the repetition. But then after a while, like you get one, and if it's like two weeks out, it's like all right, well, like, we can just skim this because this I'm going to get a new one by later today. Like that was just part of the process. So in that first season, I read every single one that came out. So I knew exactly what all of these pieces of legis uh, legislation were. But as it went on, I was a little bit more about like, I don't need to understand that over there mm. because I, what I really need to understand is what's in front of me. I think I was focusing. Yeah. You know I what I mean? I feel like I operated the same way. Like for Mike, it was like one issue or something or next storm. So I, I, I too felt like I had. Because to add, a limited, you, yeah, yeah, and for you saying. guys to ad lib and improv during like you, you had to have a framework. I mean, I, I, sh I did too, but mm -hmm. not to that, not to yes that and extent. no, because like Tim and I were improvising when he leaves, and I say, "Watch your head." That was an improvised ending to a scene, and he's yeah, like, "Fuck true. you," or whatever he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so those things aren't related to like Mike's job or his point of view That's about true. her agenda. Mm -hmm. There was, a, I felt like there was always and it room really for was like, like interpersonal office, office politics, even, you know, not just political. It was just all about kind of those relationships in the office. That's what kind of struck me is a, is the moments of like the people in the bullpen. Like it was yeah, office yeah, politics. Yeah. It was that workplace, but it was also 
quite wise, obviously, because you're teaching the audience before the show grows. In a way, it's a great way to like lay out these characters, mm-hmm. their interpersonal dynamics. Like, interesting. And she, she, to add to what you were saying, I think something happened to where she said. Something happened, and she goes, "Okay, let's go meet some normals." And that's yes. where this. This is where the normalist. So yeah, yeah uh, in that first scene in the Eisenhower office, uh, she, uh, two meetings are canceled because two more people have come down with the stomach bug, and all of a sudden she has two free hours, and she's like, "Let's do it. Let's capitalize on this. Like, let's go meet some normal people." Everybody starts pitching. You were like, "Kids are you? Uh, kids Amy are unpredictable. Pitch, kids are uh, Amy pitches going to meet some kids. Re- yeah. and you're like, reading isn't active, and kids are unpredictable." <laughs> Bad photo. And uh, this is a moment where, oh, in that scene, Dan brings up this idea of two-point me, which Mm -hmm. points to the fact that Dan has been getting individual time with Selena that the team doesn't know about, which points to the sort of the power that Dan now has. Which is inner office politics, which obviously goes by the wayside very soon. Like it's all big national politics. Yeah, Yeah. But this was just like Mike and Amy being like, oh shit, this guy has now wormed his way in Mm -hmm. and is getting a FaceTime, individual FaceTime with her in ways that we were not aware of, which is 100% 100% bad. There is a moment in that scene that I really like that I think goes to a larger thing that happens during the show, which is Amy comes in with the news that the the Clean Jobs Commission is going to happen. And she says, that's great for me. And uh, Selena says, that's great for me. And Amy says, and the country. Yes. And she's like, yeah. Yeah. That is a hopefulness that would not exist. You're talking about context, aren't you? Talking about context of, in the first season of the show, these were people that still had hope Mm-hmm. That some that they might do something good for the world. Yeah. Selena still had hope that she could affect positive change on the world. Or in some ways, that word is bond. Like she she shook hands with Doyle, yes. and she felt remorse and guilt about it. Like word was bond. There's very something yes. very honorable about the innocence of that. Because her concern is exactly that. She, she and to- this is something that we'll cover as it goes on. But as the show goes on everybody becomes more cynical. And in later seasons, she would make no attempt to cover that, to be like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, and it's good for the country. Oh yeah, 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 that's what I meant. She would never say that in later episodes. But this is these characters with a little bit of hope and a little bit of of, of remaining passion for what they do. Her and her team are coming to the big leagues for the first time, aren't they? Like she's- Close, but, but not her quite dark, there yet. Her darkness, though, to me is definitely revealed in this when um, the president has a heart attack. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. just has that smirk on her face that, oh, and you're like, yeah. oh, there's, <laughs> oh, there it is. That monster is coming out, you know? So that, so that happens. Um, uh, they decide uh, that uh, they decide. Uh, that they are going to meet up with some normals, some normal, uh, some normalmans, some some normalistas, uh, on the way to the elevator. Uh, there's just a side note here that uh, one of the things that they're uh, the thing that they're talking about with uh, getting a bunch of legislation passed is unclog the backlog, and that yeah. was that was a joke <laughs> that like, I had forgotten that I really liked. Yeah. 
But that's what they're talking about while you and Dan are fighting. And Dan brings up this idea of like, would you take a bullet for the Veep? Yes. Because yeah. you're feeling threatened by yeah. him too. Yeah. Well, you say everything you say. Do you know everything you say to me is insulting and emasculating? Yeah. And he goes, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, they, uh, there was the, there was this moment with you about, would you take a bullet for the beep? He questions your manliness. Uh, you go down the basement and, uh, this, I mean, like the plot wise, some stuff happens, but one yeah. thing that I noticed in this scene that all viewers can take home, uh, to watch for it to happen in our show, also look for it in Arrested Development and every other television show that's on right now. At some point, there is a really big, giant, wide shot in which two characters are saying things like, so we'll get Leon West and for 10 minutes and we'll have him. And, and then she's like, yes, that's a good idea, <laughs> which means that the scene that they shot did not explain what was yeah, happening. Yeah. And they have to put this big <laughs> wide shot up there so you can't see their mouths because they yeah. were like, well, we just have to explain what's happening. Until you said that, I never realized that that's what that was. That is that moment. Whatever was filmed in there was just like, oh shit, this doesn't work. Just put the they wide shot. They had to do wilds. Later, we had to do 80, you guys, ADR. Like, uh, Selena and Dan had to do ADR over that big wide shot to just yeah, be I like. I feel like we did some ADR in the early, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. There is a moment, uh, the going into the, meeting with Senator Doyle, uh, who is uh, a hard ass. Well, I love the status games, too. Like, I, I remember in rehearsal, they would play with, like, Julie would say, I'm going to sit first, but I want you to yeah, sit yeah, first. Yeah, like, yeah, I remember yeah, seeing yeah. those in the room playing yeah, with that. Yeah, That's, yeah. like, so, like, Julia, probably. Yeah. Speaking of— She uh, did that when the pilot with— um, Yeah. With, uh, Barbara Hallett. Yeah, Barbara, yeah. hi. I'm the Wicked Witch yeah. of the West. Yeah. <laughs> hi. I'm melting. <laughs> um, there was a, yeah. a status thing that— there was a joke in here about the anti-suicide windows that yes. Gary can't open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Dan says they only Dan put those the in line. there uh, once you started working here. And you actually like kind of make an aggressive mood toward him. Yeah. I noticed uh, did that. I? You were like- oh, okay. you were, uh, It's the small times I can actually show some force yes. and anger. That, that line- was originally in the pilot in the introductory Jonah scene. That was in a a Jonah audition scene where he was smoking in the Veep's office, where mm. he was like sneaking cigarettes. So the suicide Veep's windows. Office. And he was like, he was like, I wanted to. I'm here by the window. It's a suicide window. They only put those in there. <laughs> when you got here, right, Gary? And there was this whole idea, but it got we when it got to set, they were like, no one would smoke in these offices, yeah. number one. And the status of somebody smoking around the president, it just goes back to status of like, there had to be a lot of Jonah status stuff yeah. with her. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. just reminded me of that line. Yeah. But we go into Doyle's meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a wonderful moment that whenever I put on hand sanitizer, I think about. Oh yeah, is, where they oh, slide yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, where, yeah, 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 where yeah. she rubs That's it. so fun. And then you have a weird <laughs> yeah. like, stare at her. We always had a little sexual energy. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Um, uh, you, we get introduced to Doyle. Uh, he brings up the the awkward moment that you had earlier about soup, that soups are a liquid suspended in solid. Yes. He's like, oh, you guys talked about soup, and there's a long pause. Yeah, That um, scene is so perfect pass. for me because it shows you guys, she wants everything to be like, we're so pro over here. And then <laughs> this guy's like lower than anyone. He's listening to these idiots talk about soup. It's like, it yeah, so yeah, crystallizes. Yeah. Like, yeah. these guys aren't great at yet. So she's going into this to be like, I, like, you know, we have to expect him to be a hard ass, but I'm going to, I'm going to get through, I'm going to get through to him and it's going to work. 
Eric, who is now just fully sick, it's clear he's about to sneeze on Selena. Sure, yeah. Gary jumps in and blocks the sneeze. Heroically, I might add. Heroically. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. There's a big uh, dust up and Doyle calls him, calls Eric a gold-plated shit given. Mm-hmm. Sends him out and then is very chill with Selena. And he's like, oh, that's so funny. This fucking guy. I'm going to get you some coffee. Do you want some coffee? And Selena is like, I got this. I got this. She's so competent. She's happy. And she sends Amy off to go deal with the normals and the normalistas. And Amy's reluctant to leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, well, I just wanted to say it made me think of rehearsing that role on the table. I feel like that was a rehearsal moment. I feel like a lot of like, cause that, or that guy being sick. Cause I remember seeing or memories of seeing like their, Watching, uh, watching him like, how sick is he? How often should he sneeze? Like Dan, uh, Dan's character and Franco's character in the first scene. I, that, that gives me like memories of like rehearsing stuff like that down there in the basement of the Langham. Yeah, because that is an example of I don't I don't think it was played out in the original script how that was going to happen, but it was during rehearsal that I think there might have been something maybe broader or maybe not enough, and we found diving on the table. It somehow worked. Yes. And that's that was the gift we were given is in these rehearsals because if we just went on the page, it would. But we were allowed that space to kind of find these moments and stuff, you know. Wasn't it? I actually do remember a little bit about there was a, a really big discussion, and it seems like such a simple moment of like, oh, he sneezes, he dives in front of it. Mm-hmm. But there were five different versions of that from yeah. what I remember. Like not only in London, but even on the day of like the geography and the yes, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the yes, choreography the of that, all that, yeah. And it had to be mapped out of him like sort of passing out the papers, getting sicker and sicker because you have to notice it because sneezes come on quick. Yeah. And you can't just be like, oh, you hear the, oh, and then, yeah. you know What's what I mean? What's funny too is there's a poor older man sandwiched between you and yeah, uh, Selena, yeah. <laughs> who's literally getting pancake between the two of you. Yeah, he's probably like, getting sneezed on and no one cares about him. Well, he's not. Ultimately, turns out you all got sneezed on, doesn't it? Uh, so after that, we go into uh, them trying to decide what kind of frozen yogurt she's going to she's going to have at the frozen. Oh, they decide that they're going to go to this local. This is a Dan suggestion. We're going to go to this local frozen yogurt shop. It's hot. Everybody likes frozen yogurt. It's family owned. This is the perfect photo opportunity for you. So we're talking about flavors. Uh, Jonah comes in. And uh, has a lot of suggestions for that. This was something that we I, we built out in the London rehearsals that this was actually a talent of his. Like that people, ice cream. Oh no, just or general flavors. food choices. That like everybody hated having him on the president's campaign bus, but this was one thing that they were like, yeah. When it comes to the food choices, give it to him because he actually does. Do, he like knows the exact right thing to order that'll play to the locals. Side note, Tim did impress me when we were in England or since then, whenever we would order a beer, he would always order the most interesting or admirable choice. I'm like, that's such a good order. You do have a talent for ordering like a good beer. Like situationally, I'm just like, give me a Modelo or whatever's on tap. I'm pretty good at uh, ordering situational drinks. Like what's going to match the, like, you know, it's almost like a wine pairing. Like what's going to match our, what matches our mood? I feel like I'm pretty Uh, good at that. I'd like another side note. Tim has never ordered me a drink or I've never been in that environment. So I don't know really? if this is something that... That is completely untrue. <laughs> Can we also talk about how the fact that Wallace, this has now been going on for 13 years, that whenever a check is put at the table, put you, on the do table... You not, do you not reach for your wallet? 
No, that whenever a, whenever a check is put on the table, Matt will go, thank you, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> you do. And it, it never, it always gets a laugh. <laughs> it's almost like my wife always gets a laugh whenever somebody says, um, if they're talking about the mountains or something, and they go, gosh, that's so beautiful. She always goes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> and it never stops. It never stops getting a laugh. Ever. And so putting Tony in the situation where he either has to cover the entire dinner or admit that he's not going to cover the entire dinner will get a laugh every single time. <laughs> uh, so in that... Uh, uh, so in that moment, Selena comes back in. She, Can I just give a sidebar? Sorry. Yes. Is that watching episode two reminded me that they also kept things living long and they never told you where camera was going to be. So I always, it reminded me of like, yeah. we were just sort of doing these scenes, even though like camera might find you again later. So you were kind of always in it as we followed. It was kind of theater in the round a little bit. It was yeah. a little bit yeah. like they could co totally go around you and you just didn't know. Keep it alive as yeah, much yeah, as you yeah. can, like, or from you know, action to cut, like, mm -hmm. and I thought that was like a, it is a gift ultimately, like what we got to do, those I'm, rehearsals yeah. and that going to DC, like it's, it's quite a gift to like those, build a, an input on the character and ideas and like being in front of the writers when, the, when, when the character is still formative or malleable oh, yeah. in yeah. such a way, like I felt that yeah, those were, that's what felt good about the process. You know? It did. And the, um, the, the camera operators like Spencer and all those guys, the fact that they knew... I don't know if we had Spencer first season. Oh, we didn't. We had Jay? Jay Feather was our A camera. Because yeah. second season, he was the DP. Oh, wow. In the first season, he was the DP. Did he get bumped up first season? Yeah, first season. But I think the but the fact that those all those guys... Oh, sorry. DP is director of photography, who is the person who decides yeah. what lenses you're going to use. The look of the show yeah, yeah. to some extent. The look of the show where yeah. cameras are going to be, what coverage you need. Like that is the person it's like, they're the person that is in charge of, uh, of, of that part of it in charge of the camera department and the photography part. Yes. And what, but I think what is so unique and special about these, all these folks who did the camera was in an improv, sometimes where you don't know what's coming, they had to, and in, in, they had to um, guess if somebody was going to give a reaction or they had to know like, Oh, I should wait until here to go over here. It's almost like they needed their, they had their own comic timing, knowing when the camera was going to go up to somebody's reaction. That's a huge thing for this show. And we never had marks, which we brought up earlier. And marks. they would watch rehearsal with, in a limited yeah, fashion. Yeah, like yeah. they would clear the room for maybe two people from camera, perhaps. And we would rehearse the scene, which is another tremendous luxury in a way. Cause I think oh, we yeah. dictated coverage seemingly, or Arm wanted that. Yeah. So in this scene, and Tony is starting to get sick from yeah, so funny uh, from the from being you're half vomiting is really, really heroically funny. taking the sneeze bullet. Yeah. She, um, oh, she comes in and says, um, I, "I said something, and I need you to have made me unset it." Yeah, uh, because she has agreed to not put an oil guy on the clean jobs commission. Yeah. Uh, um, in which Dan comes up with the idea that they can just put a former oil guy on. And again, this is a person who is saying, I feel remorse for lying. I said something and now I have to figure out how to have unsaid it. I don't know if it's remorse. I feel like it's going to, it's hurting her 
it reputation is. and her what mm, she what it's she human wants. though it's, it's I, it is there's a, little, a softness but it screws her that's why she's remorseful it's not because but i know she but there's bad. an innocence to it i think there's a pureness or it's all how we interpret art obviously but in my interpretation yeah. i feel like it's like more impulsively humane like ah I, I just did this thing like she believes in social normalcy and like my word is my bond yes. like sort of but I think, yes, I I think that moment was in the pilot when she said the speech and she said, um, uh, uh, the um, you know, the thing that the, in the speech, when she screwed herself at the speech or in oh, the speech. Oh, hoist, hoist, hoist by, by your retard. retard yeah. Yes. That to me, she was like, oh, I can't believe I said, it. I feel like that's maybe some more. This one is, it's like, she knows she's just completely screwed her plan. I don't know. This is this is what this is what I would throw in. I'm just want to say I think you're wrong, Matt. That's well, really, you have that's, an interpretation of really Selena because I you said you something hear. earlier where you saw the monster come out, and I remember seeing that moment for the first time, and I just took it comedically, mm. like I took it at face value, like this is a funny show as a yeah, viewer, yeah, yeah. as much as I can be an objective viewer. I took it at face value, like that's a great line, that's a great joke, or beat. That's a great way she played it. I didn't think of anything too much underneath it. I think uh -huh. is what I'm saying. Yeah. There's one, I would say this. I'm not saying, I'm saying you're both wrong. That, uh, there, there are no, no absolutes actually, in I the I think universe. what I'm actually on, saying is, uh, I was blurry. just let's get into it. throwing out a little joke there that I actually think you guys are both right. But yes, it's selfish, but also there's some purity because later on, she would just, she would just lie in the room and say, of course I'm not going to put a clean jobs or an oil guy on the clean jobs committee. Of course I wouldn't do that knowing that it's a lie and would not feel. You mean in the room with us? No, in the room I guess room you have with... to consider how much power does Doyle have? Like, is she afraid of Doyle? He's the Russian doll. He's got little centers, senators inside of him. Are you buying that? Like she has to appease him because only because of his power or she wants to be like collaborative for back of her or decent yeah. Well, I mean, she doesn't get clean jobs unless she puts an oil person on it. So that's her legacy. So you so, think in the room she would say that with the other senators? I think that in if this was season seven and oh. she is in a moment where she's like, this guy doesn't want me to put uh, an oil person on the clean jobs committee, but I've already told somebody I would, I'm just going to lie. And this time she's like, oh no, I've made a political error. I have, I have promised something that I, that I cannot promise. Whereas later on, she would cynically just promise it knowing that she's going to be like, I don't know. I haven't decided which person I'm going to screw over. I, and I would use maybe the word, there's some vulnerability there of being honest with what she did. Mm -hmm. Yes. I just don't know if she, but I don't think she feels bad for lying. I think she is she knows, oh, this equation is not going to be work for me. Feels yes. bad. I guess a sense of justice still exists in her in that moment to me. Hmm. In that moment, I do think that there is a thing yeah, that is a sense of justice, but that also this could be at the time a political error. These are still people oh. that believe in political errors, and one false move could completely. Well, derail. that's why I'm asking, like, how much power did Doyle have? Is like part of it just her fear of like misnavigating a potential someone yes. who can accelerate her, you know, agenda, etc. Yeah. After this, she's about to go in for the meeting. I guess I'm saying Selena's not just transactional, Tony. She has still here. She has some heart. She's not just a transactional animal I, getting I everything in every moment. I think she lets go of it. Hey, listen, times. you're not going to heal my trauma. <laughs>
Again, keep this to first season traumas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tim, thank you. So uh, I I run down the stairs. Jonah runs down the stairs. And you're self- like the tells- head of the view. You're like the you're you're the Whoopi Goldberg of. The I view. feel like I didn't plan on this. Oh really? <laughs> there wasn't any planning involved up to this moment on no, either I, side of this. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't plan on being. No, it's an evolving thing. It's, it's like an evolving the, thing, yeah. but I feel like I am falling into the role of. Perhaps Meredith you Sierra. had no aspiration for it. In a way, like, I had no yeah. aspiration for yeah. it, <clears throat> or maybe I thought it would be split a little bit more equally between the two of us. And now it's time for some Vipin trivia. Uh, now we're gonna play a fun game called Gary's Leviathan. Hashtag What's in it? Hashtag Trivia. Love it. Do you think the title's too long? I think it. I, no. I don't think it rolls off the tongue yet. Well, anyways, Tim's gonna host it. You and I are gonna compete. Let's hear your buzzer, Tony. There's mine. Oh, you have a better buzz. Yes, I know. I do. And then uh, we'd like to play it where you get to finish the question. So you have to let Tim finish the question. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then we can hit our buzzers. What if you just said that to get to win? So, so how would that give me an advantage? Well, because you'd be able to answer before me. Oh, I see. At least on the first one, you're yeah. right. Um, <laughs> you see, everyone is a cheater. So right. do I just reach in and answer the ask the question? Yeah. You're going to reach in. Each one of uh, Gary's items from the Leviathan has a trivia question. Ah, that's oh, great. Okay. So you're going to read that. Yep. Oh, I this love this. Great. So it's, it's Arvin's it's doing a great Tony job. Arvin is killing it. I just want to say that Arvin is killing it. And I, killing I already it. said it was Tony versus Matt, by the way, Arvin. So. So sorry. He didn't kill it in that moment, but Arvin's killing it. And <laughs> we are it. in touch with Arvin's people to get him on. Season Again, five. no promises. Uh, There's talk of us doing our scene at the Korean barbecue. There is putting talk it of on that. its feet in this room. We'll have to move some cameras around, but but no, also there is had talk a collision with Tony's show, mm-hmm. Arrested Development. Yeah, he was unarrested. Really? Yeah. yeah. Arvin's in a, in, a, in, a, in a hospital scene with Jeffrey and I. Arvin's everywhere. All, All right, right, here we go. <laughs> All right. That one. <laughs> What's the product first? The the product is uh, pureed alcohol prep pads. Prep pads. I don't. Is that something that. that was in there usually? I don't in think your so. mind? Well, what was in my bag was like empty water bottles and script pages, but that <laughs> might have been there. Uh, here is the question: Selena talks about a photo of the president in a shawl in South Africa. Where exactly was the picture taken? Uh, Johannesburg. No, be more specific. South Africa. That's less specific. That's less specific. Uh, the state capital in, or the capital? No, think more a location. Mm. Ecuador. No. <laughs> I'm just throwing No, that's places. South America. Well, they were on a safari. Safari. Close enough. I'm going to give it to Walsh on that. They were at a lion sanctuary. Japan. All right. That is, <laughs> okay. that is in Japan. That is not. <laughs> that's in Asia. Malaysia. Um, uh, all right, so here is a. Uh, this is on a uh, Scotch Bright. Do you oh, sorry, no I, free I ads. Had, I had a smaller one, but I had yeah, it had a much smaller one. Arvin, good eye for detail, Arvin. Uh, this is a lint, uh, like a lint sticker. Call it a lint roller. A lint roller. Uh, Selena or politician? So I think this is. Did Selena say this, or did a polit- a yeah, real yeah, politician? Yeah. I say love it? these. One of the things I can't stand about this town is the backstabbing. Where I grew up, we're front stabbers. <laughs> Politician. That is true. Do you remember who? Extra points if you remember who. Recent politician? It's kind of recent. Bill Clinton. No. Um, I'm going to say Dan Quayle. 
All right, both good guesses, but it was Anthony Scaramucci, that guy, the mooch who came on wow. for like seven days or whatever. That's a great quote. All right, so Sydney. here's some hand, here's some hand sanitizer. Definitely in there. What does Senator Doyle compare the filibuster reform bill to? A guy fisting himself. Persuading a guy to fist himself. Exactly mm. right. Walsh has two points. Matt has two. Tony has one. Ooh. What was your first? The he lion. gave it to me, the lion sanctuary. It was like a safari, safari. thing. I, I agree right. with him. Tony's calling, Tony is passive-aggressively calling bullshit by hitting his button. It's <laughs> not right. Um, right. All right, here we go. We have some shea butter hand cream. This looks to be, I think, uh, Whole Foods brand, but there's no way Celine would use would this. That, be in say, the bag? that no. looks more Bath and Body, and she would never use it. Yeah, yeah no, too low end. Too that. low end. Yeah, that's malware. Okay. Well, where mall product. What flavor of froyo does Jonas suggest Selena get, and why? Mint. Good memory. Do you remember why? Uh, implies freshness and it's funky out of the box. Walsh, oh my God. That's actually like really close. Why? It implies, it's so insulting. Come I'm on. Not, no, my, I mean, like, that's just like, that feels like a deep cut. There's a lot of information. But it was episode. in an episode we just watched. Yeah. yeah. But it, I would, I don't know that I would have pulled it. It implies freshness, trust, and traditional values. Um, or I'm a good listener. That's a good listener. You are a good listener. What'd you say? You are a good listener. What'd you say? <laughs> Ecuador. Also, swirl because it implies racial harmony yes. and reaching across the aisle. Yes. Uh, here are some Q-tips. I feel like there would be a higher version. No, those might be. No, those would be okay. She wouldn't good. complain about those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Selena or a politician. I want to get there early. I want people who are on time to think that they're late. Selena. Yeah, that was Selena. You you delayed your button, didn't you? I'm a good host. <laughs> Asshole. For those not listening, or for those not watching, Tony just hit Walsh pretty hard. No, that was friendly. Hard. It wasn't. It, was, it felt now. friendly. I'm all shaped up. Yeah. Yeah. What is the name of the frozen yogurt shop that Selena visits? Ooh. Oh, th- it's uh, terrible. Three brothers. No, it's three generations. <laughs> no. I think it's scoops. My God, what? are you serious? What are you doing? It's super scoopers. Yeah, yes, you're okay. super scoopers, but that's close enough. I'm going to give it to him. This is incredible. Well, you're also an easy judge. Like on Jeopardy, you're being friendly too. So it's yeah, not but like still, a, you're like I'm not dunking. You're like I mean, lights out on fire. But I mean, like you're like eight out of ten okay. for yeah. dunks. Like you're, I'm not giving you like a ten out of ten from the foul line dunk, but you're like giving me some eight out of tens. You're giving a lot of encouragement to your guests and, and, and not your guests. I have to spend a lot. Like you're here for today. I got to spend every Thursday with a ball. I'm just feeling a little less than. Uh, this is this game is not designed to play like on people's insecurities. <laughs> it sounds like it. It's not designed in any way to make it a competition. Ooh, gum. No, she yeah, would, get in there. She would not eat the gum. She would right? not eat the gum. No. What would she if she wanted Mint? a snack? What would the snack be? I think she'd have like a nice, nice bar from Whole Foods. Okay. And what about like for breath? What would she have for her breath? Like a mint or a spray or what? If she uh, wanted to fix it, a spray. But I would never tell her that her breath was bad. Can you tell me what? <laughs> what was Julia's snack? Like, did you ever have actual Julia snacks in there? No. No. What was Julia's snack? You spent almonds. A, she did like, all, I, I she feel like she, she would do like nuts and stuff like that. Yeah. I think. Okay. I, I didn't really pay attention. And well, she, do you think, I mean, like <laughs> we're, we're, we're at audio medium. Do you think that uh, chewing gum right now is the best, <laughs> the best idea? 
it's not. I wouldn't even know about that. But I don't know if this is. Do you the know best how idea. far away I am from the mic when I'm chewing? You're right it. on it. No, I'm not. I'm Why here. did Anthony have to throw out all the strawberry Selena flavored rojo? Because it turned bitter, or turned close, mm. sour, no, <laughs> bad. I'll give it to. Oh, I'm gonna give it to oh, both of them. Si- no. Yeah, what, what is? What were you gonna say? I was gonna say sick, but they didn't know that. No, because it had a bad taste. Oh, it left a bad taste. It left a bad taste, and that was kind of him Sour. referencing Dan. Uh, that that Dan had left a bad taste in their mouth, mm. and it, so it was like a shot at at, at Dan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was the game. Who won, Arvin? Who oh, won? Oh, Walsh. Walsh. Who cares? So Tony had three points and uh-huh. Matt had five. That's great. I'm not going to say Good I job, was Walsh. biased in any way. but I'm Well, right. some of the questions weren't perfect, so, you know. No, Arvin's I think you, need, be to, I think you yeah. need to own your win. Well, you Arvin or whoever win. the producer is is going to be You're better gifted. next time. You, re- you receive information well. Gift. I receive information. I'm going to put a lot of pressure on Tony right now. Do it. Tony, do you think Arvin should be able to keep his job? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we'll see Arvin next week. Thank it's you, done. Tony. You're Thank welcome, you. Arvin. Uh, so I run down the stairs. She can't go into future meetings, which is a Britishism that I was not confident enough to just be like, nobody in America would say that phrase. I've literally never heard it, and I've never what heard it. What is the phrase? You can't go in there for future meetings. Can't go. I think that's a Britishism that made it in. We weren't as, I wasn't as good about speaking up. Um, and because, uh, and we get into an argument, which is, I Side was, note, there was a lot of Britishisms that we had, we, we found ourselves like, we I would think pull that out, might, we wouldn't say it that yeah, way. Yeah, and we would yeah. just, everybody politely go, I think that might be, we need to transfer yes. that to some different lingo. Mm-hmm. I was not confident enough in that moment. And in this moment, uh, again, I was almost holding on to some status from that smoking in the Veep's office audition scene. I had not yet let go of some internal status that I had over Selena's character. And I feel like I didn't do a great job. This is just me looking back at everything and saying, I don't know that I did a great job in this scene. Because I feel like I was when you're pe- towering over her, you mean? When I'm saying like you can't go back in there and she this is, is like, the sequence oh, oh, of events yeah, yeah. that has to yeah, happen. Yeah, or the whatever. sequence of events. No, no. It, it, this, this is one a later is, one. This is the later one where he's like, she's like, "Ma'am, if you if you will just let me talk," and yeah. she's like, "No, I don't have to." Like, the pre- I don't okay. know. Like that was another scene that didn't start out like that. But I feel like I was playing a status that didn't exist anymore, but existed at one point. Huh. And anyway, that's just me. Thinking back, um, this is me going to therapy. Selena gets given the news that she is, that the president has uh, suffered some heart problems and uh, she needs to go to the situation room immediately. She has a moment where she says, oh my God, I'm so sorry, uh, which betrays all, (laughs) betrays her feelings about it, which are, I'm so happy that I get to be president for a moment. Um, And she, uh, this, and Arm loves people running. Arm loves scenes and shots of people running. So there is a scene in which, oh, yeah, yeah. in this moment, he wanted it to feel like nobody was there, but then she was all of a sudden surrounded, just becomes way more important. Mm-hmm. Are you there, so, Gary? Are you there? Yeah. Th- so like, Amy, I mean, where are you? Immediately surrounded by 20 more 
Secret Service guys than she had before because yeah. all of a sudden she's now important. And I think this is also <laughs> in the gag reel where we're running down the hall and I have to – she has her shoes off. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the hotel. She literally we, says, by the way, should we run? Yeah, should we run? Yes. So she takes her – so she runs and there's a there's a blooper where we get to the door and I have to put her shoes back on and we yes. are just – we're falling yes. over each other and I can't stop laughing. I remember hearing yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, I wasn't yeah, like yeah, camera yeah. crew yeah. kept – Oh, I love uh, stuff. It, She takes a moment in the situation room. Uh, Jonah immediately realizing that uh, he's that she's about to be his boss immediately starts being way nicer to her, mm-hmm. um, and uh, gets offers, her a coffee. Gets her a coffee. And that she was swears one of those, I'm going to fire him instantly. Don't worry. There was a that was one of those moments where uh, where what you were talking about Walsh like letting it live like theater in the round. All of that stuff with going over to pour the coffee and all of that. Yeah, that was not rehearsed in yeah. so much as it was just like the scene lived. So I just had to go over and get the coffee and it ends up in the following show, that journey, following that journey. But it was not something that was like, Oh, now here's the shot where it goes to get the coffee. It's just the scene lives, play the scene. Yeah. And, and it this ends is, up in there. This is also such a, uh, I think a highlight of Armando's brilliance and all the writers is they play with highs and lows where it's yeah. like, you start with like a, a low of like going to a yogurt shop and you're kind of, she's like, okay, okay, okay. And then the immediate high of all of a sudden she's president. Yes. Yeah. Cut to when this is about to happen, when she's going to lose it. And then she has to go back to the yogurt store. It's just going from steak to steak to steak. And in the midst of that, serving coffee very normally. It's all these like things just butting up against each yes. other. Yes. And still in the DNA is the denseness and the pace of that. Yeah. There's so much happening. Like when I jumped ahead, I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. Go ahead. I was like, there's so much happening in a small yeah, episode, yeah, yeah. you know? And and it, it, there is also this thing that would happen where, I mean, like, again, this goes every single one of our scripts was over 60 pages, which means that you would be getting an hour long show. So they ended up, when you say that you never really knew exactly what was happening, mm-hmm. it's not it's not actually really weird that you didn't, only because when we had the scripts, we weren't exactly sure what the important thing would be. They kind of found the important thing in the edit mm. or or if it was, sometimes it wasn't communicated to us like this is the important thing, but they knew or it wasn't important that we knew, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. There was so much of that script that didn't make it into the show. It was kind of hard to figure out like, wait, is this the important thing that's going to be the most important part of yeah, the episode? Yeah, and what afforded, it, it, it did, even though it was a lot of pages, his pace really... It, 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 that we were shooting 12 pages a day, which allowed yeah. him to get that footage in order to cut together yes. where he wanted to go. I stuff. just found a funny alt, Yeah, which is Amy saying, I think she's outside of Sue's office or on the phone, a cartoon of her naked with who the fuck? John Lennon, right? Right? Plastic no-no band. Jesus. Okay, I will fuck that cartoonist. Find him, Sarah. Have him washed and brought to my fucking tent. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Have him washed and and brought brought to my my fucking tent. Sounds like Cleopatra or something. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyways, that's the floating script we were uh, referring to earlier. There's a moment in the situation room where she's saying a prayer, uh, you know, a faultless GPS uh, for uh, President Hughes. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And Tony is now just full on sick in the background. And this is a moment 
where Tony and I showed our true unprofessionalism. Yeah. I would say you did because I've seen the gag reel, but yes. I mean, it was a lot. I definitely, there was a lot of me. Um, Just ah, shit, it was mostly me. I could not keep it together. I remember in rehearsal laughing at that. I feel like we but saw you that. you added something. That's right, because you, you I, she said something and then you go, quiet up. Or she says, quiet up. And then you say, oh, quiet yeah, up. No, and then like, she quiet. looks back and starts laughing, you know, which by the way, Julia <laughs> broke a lot. She did. She did. So there was this, that's right. She asked, I always get the brunt of the breaking, but she broke a lot. She, she says quiet. And then I just echoed Echo her. Yeah, I just like echoed it because now everything she says is a hundred percent. Like I'm behind a hundred percent quiet. And then she would look back at me and I would break every time. But then I would also break at <laughs> Tony trying not to throw up and making yeah. like the bull, like yeah, those yeah, yeah. noises and having to, hand him the trash can and yeah, at one yeah. point just had to turn around. But you, I mean, you can actually see like shoulders <laughs> heaving. Like it just doesn't. <laughs> well, that there's your contrast to your highs yeah. and lows again. She's trying to execute yes. a prayer to a higher yes. power. Yes. And then everyone's like vomiting in a garbage can. And she says, holy mother of God. This is like a great Julia thing yeah, of, yeah. of many, but like, she's really great at moments like this where she's saying, holy mother of God about Gary puking <laughs> realizes that she has to finish it, like finish it in a prayer and holy mother of God and Jesus Christ, hear our prayer. Or yeah, 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 like yeah, that yeah, transition yeah, yeah. that yes. she does, yes. like she's fucking brilliant. She did that in the chapel things. two years later. Yes, yeah. years later at the, yeah, lift me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she is now going to lead. She is now the de facto president of the United States until we hear and is is really taking on that mantle. Back at the frozen yogurt shop, uh, Dan and Mike uh, are battling because Leon West is there. And Leon West, the butcher of the Beltway, we haven't even talked about Leon West yet. The butcher of the Beltway is based off of loosely Frank, Frank Rich's- uh, oh, Yeah, yeah, Broadway Reputation. Butcher. Yeah, his reputation for being the butcher of Broadway. That yeah. was his nickname because if he gave your show a bad review when he was a New York Times theater reviewer, your show would close. Yeah. And we had a number of guest actors- Oh, come in and come just, in into rehearsal from New York City and have trauma, have memories of trauma because yeah, yeah. he had uh, written a review that just crushed their show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was one guy who was like, I was in a show that was going to be That's... the show that broke me. Like, I was like, that was the moment. And he wrote a review and it closed 10 days later. Golly. I mean, like, and then they were like, of course, they meet Frank Rich and he's like the most he's lovely the guy. guy. He's yeah. so sweet. He's so sweet. I know. And they would like, so I think for them, it was also sort of jarring for them coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, they couldn't true. get over that, obviously. Their impression, that impression of him, it's hard to get over. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Leon West is played by Brian Husky, who also tested for Oh, yeah, he tested Gary. for Gary. He tested yeah, for yeah. Gary. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the test, I remember that Arm said goodbye to everyone and he said, you all did an amazing job today. And no matter how it goes, we are, I am going to try to find a spot for you in this show. And Aww. he really kept his word on that because the first, I think this is the first example of it. Uh, Brian Husky comes in as the butcher of the beltway because Dan has promised scoops and <clears throat> is about to break the news of the president when Mike runs in and says that you say this thing about like, you know, she's going to be eating Jamaican rum flavor. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that actually, I think, was a real light on your character because Dan, obviously, you saw like he will take, he doesn't care 
what's going to happen. He just wants the story. He wants to get highlighted as the person who's giving him the story that now she's president. And you rushing in and saying, because even, you know, you were painted as a doofus and like, well, you know, Mike, but like you took over and said, nope. You're not going to do that. That really showed authority. Tony, thank you for pointing You're that welcome. out. You're also, welcome. remember who screwed up the president's card? Amy. Amy signed the wrong Amy card. Amy signed Amy the wrong card. Like, That's true. I people think this don't, is... Yeah. <laughs> no, that is true. No, there is a thing. I mean, like, I think that, like, you know, people's memory of this, be like, oh, Mike screws everything up. But it was yeah. Amy who screws up the card. And there is another... There is a power shift here in that Dan has been getting FaceTime with the president and you, it seems like maybe Mike is being edged out, yeah. but you're sort of savvy in all of this shows because by the end of it, Dan is so- well, he doesn't get in the limo, does he? That's pretty smart. He doesn't, yeah. <laughs> so, no. but there is this idea that like, Dan is kind of coming for you, but yeah. he fucks it up. You have enough savvy to save it. And he's so used to winning and so used to doing everything right that he can't take a loss. And he ends up yelling at like a, at a normal. He ends up being like, what the fuck? And like, you know, and that what that's what brings up uh, your favorite insult of like- You gay Irish fireman. You, you gay Irish fireman, you're all right. But he hates Dan because Dan can't take a loss. And yeah. you have the, the power- at the beginning of the episode, Dan has all of it, but you have a lot more of it at the end yeah, because you're savvy and because you have a lot of experience, experience that Dan doesn't yeah. have. This is for the Mike fans. This is for the Mike fans out there. <laughs> this is for all, for all the McClintocks. No, it's funny to look at stuff like that. It is, it is funny to look at that. And that, by the way, was near my apartment. That yogurt shop was like a block away from, from Johns Hopkins' apartment where I lived for the first yeah. season. So we're back in the, we're back in the situation room. Selena, uh, Amy brings up something about the the frozen yogurt shop, and it, it, Selena has completely lost the idea that she needs to talk to normals, and she's like, "I have no room in my head for that." The guy comes in and tells her that she can stand down. It turns out just to have been Jonah comes in very smugly uh, uh, and says that uh, it was just a uh, it was just some indigestion after eating a, a local meal. And uh, and says that the president is back in charge of the GPS. Julia has a brilliant moment where she doesn't really like, should I leave the pen? Yeah. And puts the pen on the table. She goes, leaves with the binders first and she, you point out, and I think I Jonah point, points out like, ma'am. You're going to take those? Yeah, you can take those. So he's pulling status again. Pulling oh, yeah. status. Uh, and then she has that great moment at the end where she's out of the room and then she comes back to look at what she almost had or she, the, the the brief moment she had everything, you know, and then she yeah, leaves, yeah, which is yeah, really yeah. cool. Beautiful moment, actually. Yeah. It yeah. really is. Like, of all the moments in this show, like, uh, go back and, like, watch it again. But, like, that might be my favorite one. Yeah. And that I think maybe it's just because Julia's uh, – we're, we're all probably going to be very effusive about her in general. But, like, that's a moment where it's just – Julia knows how to do shit perfectly. Yeah, yeah. She knew exactly how long to be on the other side of that room and how, and she knew just how much to come back in and just how long to stay. She's fucking brilliant at yeah, moments yeah. like that. She and is. she probably brought it up to Arm at some point saying, could we have a moment here where I go back in? Yeah. Like in rehearsal, or it was just like, yeah, in some ways. And you know? she's like, or she's just like, I really want to try something, yeah. like leave yeah, it on. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. you know, communicated to the woman who was playing like the aide of like, you know, just keep, you know, have the binders and take them back over here, be around here. Like she's unbelievable at moments like that. Um, 
after that, so she actually does, now that she is just the vice president again, she goes to the yogurt shop. She is feeling- She comes out of that limo looking so funny, so Ooh, ghosty, so, pasty. And yeah. she's just like, I don't feel very good. And it cuts back to her and she's white. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and Karen Kawahara, her makeup artist, was great. Was she, great. She did all that. Did- did she come in not white, and then when they cut back to her, they put made her white? Or I she... think I think there is a turn. Right, there is a they, turn because it's comedic. It's a there is a comedic turn where it's just like oh god, <laughs> maybe just being close. I'm not sure. It's not, but it there definitely is a turn where she looks way worse than she did the moment before. Yeah, she goes in. Uh, you tell her in a sign of the times when we shot this. You say there are just a few online guys here, and she's like online guys, and you're like. Oh, it's been very, they're very important. I've been yes, telling Dan that for years. This is back when online would have been a novelty. Right. Or seen as something like what uh, year? Just and the what year are we guys. in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2013? That was, Filming? no, that would have, that, this would have been fall of 2011. Yeah. Fall of 2011. So, well, yeah. Okay. So, like, it was still a little bit of a novelty. She goes in. She has, again, Julia Brilliance, like the physical comedy yeah, yeah, of being yeah. sick, but eating yogurt. Oh, eating and having yogurt. to go back for like a better shot. Yes. Because I remember, I think I was egging her. Like, we just got to get yeah. one more, ma'am. We like, just got to. <laughs> just one. Just like. You keep doing it. I yeah. can't. If you're listening, you can't see me doing like the spoon. You're just but like, her, you keep miming a spoon. Her sickness was so funny. Yeah, it was really good. It starts going south. She's like, I have to go. She then shits her pants halfway down the stairs. Mm-hmm. She gets carried and put into the limo. Amy gets in with her because Amy is savvy enough to know that she needs to be close to power. The limo pulls away, and Matt Doesn't says, Dan get in even? Da- Dan, Dan does get in. in the limo. Yeah. yeah. And Gary went out, right? He, I wasn't there because you're I think sick. I was sick. But do we see why he got sick? Or we just know it, right? He got was sick it, in the situation, situation room and sent room. off after got that. It, got it, got it, got it. Okay. So you, again, savvy move by Mike, are like, I'm just going to walk. And maybe, did you say that? Just Did you just walk right home at the end of that scene? <laughs> no, did you I did just walk, walk right, right back home. to your apartment wearing the suit. <laughs> and the camera crew followed me. <laughs> and then it was a reality show. <laughs> You're like, guys, I'm going to throw something out here. I'm just going to like play with something. And they followed you Why all the Matt way. But again, that's dinner. one of those keep it alive moments that ended up in the show. That was like, yeah. bring, bring the limo around. Okay, the limo's coming. Yeah, and then yeah, we're yeah. carrying Julia, which was so funny. So funny. And can I just throw this oh, out? That, so like, funny. We would get a lot of compliments. We would get a lot of compliments in the preceding years about like how natural the show felt and yeah, how yeah, yeah. like sort of sometimes how understated the comedy was. And I always felt like we were tricking people that said that because the main character shits her pants <laughs> at the end of the second episode. Yeah. And people were like, it's such an understated, subtle comedy. It's like, she shits her pants in the second episode. Like that is the most wool over someone's eyes. I feel like that is the like that is the biggest thing we ever accomplished oh, yeah, was yeah, to yeah. have the main character shit her pants in the second episode <laughs> and still be considered a subtle comedy. Did she shit her pants or was she about to? Going no, I think she she she, she said it shits. too late or something. She yeah, said she's something like something on the late. other side of it. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. and then oh, my. make the wall. No one can see me or something. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, and, and then, then and then that's the credit roll is Mike walking Oof. away. Mm. It's time for Sue. Did the president call? No, but these fans did. Hi guys, my name's Bryn, and I have two questions about Veep for you. Hey, the Bryn. first one 
is which real life politicians did um, the creators of the show model Selena Meyer after? And my second question is, was this always the cast of the show or did the creators and the casting directors consider other actors to play the various parts? Uh, those are great questions, Bryn. Thank you for those. Actually, it's really nice. Thank you for, thank thank you you for, for engaging. And, uh, I think Julia got that first question a lot. Yeah. Yes. Because in the time, uh, Sarah Palin, there was one if it was Sarah Palin or someone else, and she always made a point of saying this is not based on any character. And that was the thing. There person. was like, that was almost like an internet rumor at the time. Like somebody just heard a comedy about a female vice president and they were just like, oh, it's just a Sarah Palin comedy. Like somebody just said that and all of a sudden it became true. And that was like while it was being developed. And so it was, people kind of kept saying that just as if it was true and it wasn't and it never was. And uh, I don't think that they really based her off of any specific political figure they well, just in go the, ahead. In the same way that the show was a broad satire of everyone, like she yeah. never said she was a Democrat or Republican. Yeah. I think they allowed that character to absorb, you know, whatever Julia thought was the traits or whatever Arm yeah. had in his mind too. But I don't think it was ever specifically one, you know, person. And the second part of Bryn's question was: yes, there were other actors being considered, and we talked about that in the pilot episode about the casting process and other people who were considered for these uh, characters on the show. I think yeah, so was- like, for example, like uh, uh, Chris Gethard was another person that tested for Jonah. Uh, Brian Husky tested for uh, Gary. Dan Packetall tested for Mike. Um, I think Julia was attached pretty early on. She was obviously, she was always going to be Selena Meyer. And Amy, I think, was there. Amy, early yeah, on, Anna, right? because Arm- they had worked together before on uh, In the Loop. In the Loop, yeah. So I don't think anybody was really ever. I mean, like in the script initially, it just said Anna. I only I remember only seeing Reed though in the room for Dan. I don't remember seeing any other actors. I, I think he might have been the at least in L.A. He was the only person that tested for for Dan. Yeah, and but then I, Sue. It, I don't know what the Sue uh, potential if there was another Sue in the mm, running ever. No, I don't know, but I do know that yeah, I don't think anybody was ever really ever considered for. Uh, Amy outside of Anna just because like it was mm-hmm. I mean like I, they had to change at some point they just had to change the name they were like yeah. we can't keep calling you Anna, Anna. yeah yeah okay but great question thank you for calling in hi this is a question for Tony mm-hmm. I love the ending moment where you went up with Julia and both of you were still in character can you tell us how that moment came about Thanks. See, Emmy, was it, uh, what Emmy moment oh yes 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 um this is so much good fortune it's almost too much to bear. Um, I'm very grateful to have uh, the opportunity to make people laugh. It's a joyful way to make a living. Um, I'd like to thank HBO, of course. I'd like to thank (laughs) the creative genius behind our show, Armando Iannucci. I'd like to thank our producers, Tony Roach, Simon Blackwell, Chris Godsick, Frank Rich, Stephanie Lang. Um, <laughs> I'd like to thank our, my family. 
Brad Hall and Henry Hall and Charlie Hall, my children are here this evening. You love them so and much. And I love them so much. <laughs> and I'd also like to thank the cast. Matt Walsh, Sufi Bradshaw, Anna Klumski, Reed Scott, Tim Simons. Oh, and I almost forgot our wonderful crew in Baltimore. Thank you so, so much, and thank you to the Academy and to HBO. Thank you so much. Oh, wow. That was a great moment, and she called me that morning, because you did a bit with her at, uh, I think, the SAG Awards. SAG Awards like Sandwich. And she called me that morning and said, I've got this idea of you carrying my purse. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, you are going to win. And this is going to be live television. And I think we discussed something really quick, but it was pretty loose. Pretty loose. And then she won. And I just remember that feeling of like, here we go. And she looked back and I was like, I got to dive in. <laughs> I was like, oh crap. You knew that the joke was there that I thank your family, right? That was always there. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the thing we discussed. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a great bit. And I mean, I bit. like, I just, I, I think it's awesome that like, you know, there's like all sorts of reverence around that, you know, yeah. whether it's, whether it's earned or not, like, you know, whether, whatever yeah. your feelings are about award shows, there is a lot of reverence given to yeah. them. And I love that she was always willing to play. Julia always wanted to find a she, joke. She always wanted really, to find that. Oh, I loved, I loved. So um, I would really love being here. And you guys talk about research, right? Like you really feel like you've done your research and I just, I really appreciate it. Somehow it was forgotten that uh, today's my birthday. What? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Really? So I want to take back what I said about um, Marvin. I uh, I don't think research has been done. And, wow. Uh, today's wow. Marvin. Today's my birthday. Wow. What? I was, I was expecting. Holy I was, shit. I mean, this is. The it's boba a, it's, is all you're going to get. It's a, it's a We should have had a candle with a cake. We should have put uh, a candle in the boba. But um, guys, I'm happy to celebrate my birthday here with you. Yeah. Oh my God, Tony, that's happy the good birthday. news. That's the good happy news. Birthday. You to celebrate I was, it with us. I was so hoping, so hoping that nothing was going to be said by the end of it that I could say that. Oh my God, <laughs> I was so. Guess what I'm putting in excited. my calendar now? Tony Hale's no, birthday. No. I have happy to. birthday. Thank I don't you. want to forget. Is it a big one? It, uh, eh, not really. No, not a fifty-one. Okay. Last year was the big one. Last year was yeah, the big one. Last yeah, last year yeah, was yeah. a big one. What a fun year to celebrate it in, too. Last year? Yeah. Yeah, I was in Vancouver. Anyways, that was, <laughs> I was, I actually was not thinking about the whole time, but I thought, oh, that's a fun thing. I'm oh, God. Because I, I wanted, I wanted it. that reaction that you just gave me. So that was, that was, nice it worked thing. out. It was fun. You uh, kept a secret from us, Tony, very well. You're a good actor, I guess. Thank you. This was really fun. It's, it's great such, to see it's you. Man. So I can't wait to listen to all these and just cry. I know. There's like, we've lost, we've all lost a little something from this. <laughs> no, it's great. Tony, thanks for giving us so much time. I loved it. One of the things that we're going to do every uh, episode, we're going to do, uh, we've been doing walkbacks, we're going to be doing walkbacks, and we are going to be doing favorite insults. So let's just start with walkbacks. Um, I would, if I was going to walk anything back, I would say... I, I would say this. I don't. I, I. I want to. I want to make something clear. I want to recrystallize the idea that I am. It was. It was not meant to be a slight at you that I was so surprised that you were remembering all those details. My. It was just like this is great. Like this is. You know what I mean. Like I didn't want that to be. In. In a way, I didn't want it to be a backhanded compliment. Right. So I. If that was. If no, you were offended, I'm. I'm sorry. not really offended. No. Okay. There was le legit wonder in your reaction. I really I, I, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite insult? Well, 
partially one because I know we were playing was uh, saying to Jonah, watch your head on the way out. It's not <laughs> really in the classic sense of an insult, but it is insult comedy. And it's keeping the camera live kind of mentality, which we've talked about. And so I think he said, fuck you or whatever on the way out, which is just favorite because I have specific memories around that us just playing around. There was, there was also this moment where I thought I was like, where I was like, you were like, um, oh, wow, you're from the White House. Can I blow you? And I said, yes. Yeah. And I just threw in there like, yeah, meet me in the hallway. And you said, yeah, I'll get a stepladder. <laughs> like you you managed to just squeeze another one in there. Yeah. I think a, a classic, and that is probably my favorite one from this episode is gold-plated shit given. Like that one, that yes. one comes up a lot. And I think that, that Senator, seems to be like uh, a- Senator Doyle, right? Senator Doyle. Yeah. Um, that's a classic gay Irish fireman's a good one. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any other ones. I think those are the tops. Right? You know, I don't think we're quite yet into the full on like wordy insults. We're not quite there. Gold plated shit, big shit given really kind of kicks it off. I feel like in future episodes, we're really going to start getting into the directed pointed sweary insults. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think um, you're right. And there is something that, like, I think this goes on. We had, we were having a conversation about Selena's humanity. I think early stages of the show, early stages of the show, we are, as performers in it, I think, like, we were always looking for the humanity in those people. And it probably took a while for us to learn to not take those insults personally, that the language of these people was talking like that. And in the first couple episodes, it would be like, well, I would have to respond to that. Right. As a human being, I would have to respond to that if somebody spoke to me that way. And it probably took us a little while to learn that that is just not the language of the show. The language of the show is you speak that way to people and it move goes on. and move on. You're right. You get, you get right past it. You're right. So that's the evolution of that, isn't it? That it, We're still in the stages of like people almost defending their honor in that moment, yeah. if you will. Yeah. But the reality is more accurately, probably. They just roll these things off and they keep moving and, yeah. Uh, so next week we'll be rewatching episode three, Catherine, uh, which introduces uh, Selena's daughter, Catherine. And also thanks for the questions this week. Send us more questions to speakpipe.com slash second in command. That's a forward slash, Tim. We also have a live event coming up in December uh, that will be exclusive to the event itself. Uh, Matt, do you want to talk about uh, how exclusive it is? We're only going to let cool people in mm -hmm. to this event. What, what we judge as cool is up to us, obviously. Very there subjective. will be a 100 question quiz when mm -hmm. you attempt to buy the tickets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we will profile you blindly off your questionnaire answers. Yes. And then that will tell you whether or not you're able to attend the live event. Um, but you can attempt to buy tickets at loopedlive.com. Uh, and so also, you should listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, the YouTube channel. Tim. Wait, hold what on. Before about we YouTube do that, channel? I forgot to tell you about the, about the poster. Oh, about the, the Jonah painting. Oh, yeah. I saw this earlier. At the live show, at the live show, the Jonah painting from his mom's house, we are going, that will be auctioned off for charity. So oh. that is going to be our auctioned off. We'll figure it out. There's going to be something for, to, to benefit charity. Someone is going to end up with that photo. So that's something to look forward to. You're not going to be able to hear or see that anywhere else except for at that live event. So if you want to see it, you have to be there for it. To participate in the auction To participate or in the auction, you have to be there at that live event. 
It's not easy having a podcast. People think it's like any idiot can have a podcast. Anybody. There's all these like show promotions and live event auctions and things you have to be really specific on. But I agree. I'm excited about the live show and I'll think of something else maybe I can auction or bring with from the Veep uh, prop room that I still have all right, back cool. home. Uh, Matt will also be uh, auctioning off stolen uh, props for, uh, for charity. Uh, listen to us wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on our YouTube channel, which, uh, if you just search second in command of Veep Rewatch, you'll find us follow rate review, leave five stars, and you'll be entered into a raffle where a handful of winners will win some Veep memorabilia. Yes. Don't forget to follow rate and review us. Cause that, that helps. seems important. They keep that helps telling us. us. Yeah. That, well, it helps the show land in the Mediascape where there's so much white noise and to break through. Yeah. It's very challenging, especially in the fledgling years or episodes of something of like podcast. this. It's yeah, hard like a baby a bird coming out of an egg. Yeah. So any sort of sucker or perhaps hospitable welcoming will mm-hmm. help our survival rate. Like we're not birthing 10,000 baby turtles like a sea turtle might no. or an octopus. No, there's really only one. one. There's one offspring one. here. What we're what we're really talking about is like a, a human water birth. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much of a shocking, uh, it's not so much of a shocking entry into the world. It's a li- you know, it's a li- like a warm water bath that we're being born into. And those thumbs up and likes and referrals, if you will, those are the doula. That's the water. That's the I water. I think that's okay. the warm water as our audience embraces us with their okay. thumbs up and five stars. That's the water that helps the baby that is the show transition through, break the meniscus, the surface of the water, uh-huh. and come to the fore of the, I guess there's two elements in the podcast world, water and air. And w- <laughs> so our show will be amphibious in that it'll live in both water and air. Thanks for watching Second in Command of Veep Rewatch. Yeah. Please hit the subscribe button and tune in every Tuesday when the new ones drop. Rewatch the show for exclusive behind-the-scenes stuff, info, insight, and more. Episodes coming, and thanks for watching. Yeah, hit that uh, subscribe button. This is the mouse arrow, right? That's what you're representing. It's a kind cursor. Of a, put it. Do a little circle with your finger, and it'll it'll like be bigger, so you can see where it is. Oh, okay.